Hello and welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ed Sylvester. And my name is Sam Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. There's quite a pause there, Sam. You, you feeling okay? I'm feeling fine. I think it's just our connection, Ed. We're just not in tune as we used to be. We drifted oh. apart. Oh. Well, that's sad, isn't it? Anywho, moving on and getting on with the show. Sam, oh, I've had a wonderful week. Um, so, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I've recently gone vegetarian, right? Which means that I've been eating mm-hmm. a lot more cheese. Now, in... And part of eating cheese, obviously, there tends to be a little bit of some side effects. I'm talking, of course, cheese dreams. So recently I fell asleep. I had uh, a dream. And I said I'll try and keep this bit short today. But hey, man, we're on the roller coaster He was lying. He was fucking lying (laughs) is what he's doing. So I've been eating cheese. I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then, boom. Mm -hmm. Out comes from my uh, radiator springs a goblin and he goes my name's flim flam the goblin i want to know more about starter set when i'm not listening to the show and i say well flim flam the green and pink goblin let me tell you about my co-host of the show sam bradley and his uh wonderful way of delivering that information to you first of all did you forget my name just then unbelievable nearly unforgivable no, I just had, a, I had one of those weird, like, pause moments in my uh, inflections is all. Second of all, um, you can check out our social, you can check out our shop, you can find all the new shows and old shows at startaset.co.uk. We do have a review this week to read out, which is pretty darn cool. This one comes in the form of a Facebook recommendation, so thank you for that to Nick, who has recommended us on Facebook and said... <coughs> clears throat for dramatic effect for anyone looking to start playing dungeons and dragons this is a great place to start sorry no that is this is the place to start don't want to get uh, libeled light-hearted but in depth this podcast will give you pointers and analysis of all the moving parts in the world of DD. also a great resource for veteran players looking for advice on how to be a better dungeon master or how to integrate homebrew elements into a campaign ed and sam your first rude are entertaining hosts <laughs> with with answers to all the D&D questions you didn't even realise you had. My first question was, has he got us mixed up with another podcast? No, I'm just kidding. Thank you very much, uh, Nick, on Facebook. And if you leave us a recommendation or a five-star review, wherever you listen to podcasts, we will read it out. And on with the show. On with the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. You return once again to the world of Caraxia as we go deep into our world-building wonders. Last week we looked at cities, this week we go more rural as we explore towns, villages, and the wildlife, wild world, countryside, you know, nice things. Ooh, wonderful flowing fields and oh, look at that waterfall, isn't it great? So, it's a mimic, run. (laughs) Ooh, a mimic waterfall, I like that. Or a mimic lake. Mm. And they're like, oh, all the people are drowning, but actually it's just the mimic eating them. 
That's really good. That should be my um, a random, random encounter. encounter. <laughs> yeah, well, I've done I've yeah. done mine now for the week, so um, that's fine. There you go. Yes. Random encounter. See you later, done. everybody. Roll well. <laughs> uh, so let's get into it, Sam. As you are mm-hmm. our guiding force in this environment, so villages, right? Yeah. Got our cities, and those have grown up because of necessity. Now, villages typically. Um, I've done some research into where they came from, why they pop up and all that sort of stuff. So a lot of the time it's about natural resources or um, easily easy areas of domestication for agriculture, at least at the beginning. Now, we know that we've got some um, unique elements in Corexia in the forms of the um, leftover I've forgotten what they're called Equil- uh, Eliquium Eliquium, the, uh, thank you The material, yeah Yes, the Eliquium materials, the statues also the teleportation circles um, So, bearing in that in mind, I'm sure there's a few of those that have popped up Have you got ones that you've already made and you have an idea of or at least the ones that are more than like three three um three houses and a and a tavern you know what i mean because i don't know if you can really call that a village or well just a it's place. a settlement isn't it it's a settlement mm. so yeah i think to your point about natural resources if we have eliquium someone's got to mine it which means you get a dusty, fusty mining town where shit goes down and money gets made and deals get done. Grubby yeah. deals, Ed. The grubby deals. Yeah, um, I think this place is called Croak, and it's a mount. Uh, it's a um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's a mining town. It's very sort of wild westy. Mm-hmm. It's out like in the sticks. It's it's probably if you see the new north south, yeah, go west for like five days. Until we we're not quite in the tundra of the mountains, but we're not quite in the lush fields or the beaches of the coast. And okay. uh, yeah, Croak is our dusty, fusty mining town where everyone who lives there works in the mine. And if they don't, well, they're shady outsiders doing shady deals. Mm. And of course, it's run by uh, a mayor who has got some sort of questionable morality. Oh, that dude is shady as fuck. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That is one shady, shady gnome called Bolston Croak, and he changed his last name to give him some sort of right over the place. You? Oh, that's actually quite good. It's not that the place has been named after him. He's just gone. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm a Croak. So that's interestingly enough. Now that you've mentioned that, that's another way that villagers used to pop out or or arrive is originally they were family units that had settled um, and that have then sort of grown um, mm-hmm. and then invited kind of outsiders in, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, but Ballston, Ballston turned up and was just like, he wandered into town with his caravan of snake oil and he was mm-hmm. like, oh, what's, why is everyone wearing black? And they were like, oh, the old mayor just died. And he was like, ah, what's this place called? And they went... Croak, and he went. Funny you should say that. I was gonna say that because I'm here to 
Funny, isn't it? And it weird how things happen. Like, yeah, get him in the ground. No, don't check if he's dead. Just get him in the ground. My name is Croak. Now you can't see my wallet, but I've been sent by the, and he invents wildly and rolls like a 25 on his charisma. I've been sent by the Council of Fleas, which isn't a real thing. And I'm in charge now, so give me half of everything and um, and we'll be on our way. And people just bought it because it's just easier that way sometimes. Yeah, okay, I like that. So with this now, I feel like this town is now then... We've obviously got like some key things that will roll around. Um, miners and the mayor, which is obviously them. So the miners are going to try and unionize at some point. The mayor is obviously mm-hmm. going to then go right. Oh. Well, I need some. I need some yeah. boys. So he goes to the uh, Empire of the Blue Sun. Yo, guys, uh, someone's messing up the mining operation. They go, all right, here's some stuff. And then before you know it, you got a low-level um, rebellion, which obviously your your player characters can get involved with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and maybe they're the people that were hired to break the strike. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that. I like that one. That sounds like a good level four to seven. Here's some stuff. It's not too heavy. If you don't want to get too involved in like a political mess or anything like that, it's very main obvious bad guy. He's obviously got, um, he's a masterminded type. So he's obviously got some sort of big person on the, on the payroll, which could be, you know, just yeah. a general brute, or it could be a couple of ogres you know whatever oh, oh. Um, I tell you what he might have I tell you what he might have he's gone down in the mine <clears throat> he's gone down in the mine found one of those big old religious stones we talked about in the last episode and uh, he's on the payroll of something much bigger that's sort oh. of been unearthed yeah it's been unearthed and sort of said you bring these people into line, my friend, and I'll give you something. So it turns out, <clears throat> it starts like one of those, go in and make everything right in the little yeah. town of Croak, and then you actually stumble in, and the last sort of scene is like, oh shit, actually, this is way and beyond anything we've seen before. Yeah, okay, I like that. That's actually very good. That then takes you from that level 7 to level sort of 12 kind of part, at mm-hmm. least, if you want to hang around at this place and stick around and and be a Wild West vibe fantasy thing. You know, that's always a good good crossover. Okay, so we've got that part of it. What about... <clears throat> what about uh, the... My first D&D village? It is... The simple glade town. Not barely even a town, actually. I'd like you to say it's a village. Um, <clears throat> thatch cottages. I think it's called... Um, Wheat Rook. Oh, sounds lovely. The, the the village of Wheat Rook is beset by weird occurrences coming down off the uh, Dorak Mountains. And okay. you know what? Maybe four to six, if you're being being brave, plucky adventurers are thrust together in the Wheat Sheaf Tavern to head into the mountains and find their fortune. That's Wheat quite. Rook. That's quite a good spot for. Um sort of a, a collected an eclectic group in terms of background because you've placed it near Dorak which means you can have a bit of representation from there potentially but then you've also got influence coming from the other other areas mm-hmm. okay nice and because, and it's, because it's closer to Dorak because it's mm-hmm. further out of Empire control 
the law there is a little bit wavier, so if you do fuck up in your first campaign and stab a guard, the whole empire isn't going to instantly come down on you. Mm. That's why you hide the bodies. You just push them into uh, the lake that's also a mimic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, right. So how about this? So I've been so part of part of the stuff that we've been looking at. If the other element in terms of village creation is where nomadic cultures have gone. Ah, oh, God, my feet hurt. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really. Uh, do you know what? Can we just invest in uh, a cesspit? I don't want to have to dig a hole every time I need to go. Can we just like all work together and do that? And then everyone goes, you know what? Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, let's let's settle down. Let's let's I let's love pitch up these tents. That's that's what you deem to be the hotbed of civilization. Can I just dump in the same place for two consecutive fucking nights? And then hundred years later, boom, civilization is born. I don't think you're far off, mate. Uh, do you know what? Like, like I really don't. <laughs> genuinely, I think that's a big deal for a lot of. It's one of the reasons why most people don't go camping. You know, or wild camping. I hate, I hate camping. I there you hate go. camping. And I'll tell you why, because you're not entirely sure where you're gonna have a poo. That's why. <laughs> Any anywho, so we've got our nomadic villages, uh or our fresh sort of nomad villages, which gives us a chance to actually add in a little bit of another cultural piece, I suppose, in terms of uh the people that live in this new village, which I'm giving you plenty of time to figure out the name for. So. I got one. Good. Go for it. This is the Swamps of Dulag. Oh, okay. I mean, that sounds like a swamp this, that you've named there. This is a swampy area that was initially mm-hmm. created as a rest stop on ancient travel lines for giants and goliaths. And they would bathe in the swamps and use its healing properties, or so they believed, to rest and as they fell into legend there is now a small multiracial culture that has sprung up around the swamps and it's a bit of a spa town a bit bougie okay. on the coast or or near the coast close to uh, the archipelago of Guy. you know kind of like so let's say you have the the uh, the blue sun city at the bottom and then you have the archipelago of Guy at kind of like uh, three o'clock if we're just visualizing it it's somewhere between there so it's warmer it's not crazy hot it's still a little moist it's still it's on the edge of the Jimney uh, forests nice so there's that so it's a little bit humid but uh, yeah stories say that giants and goliaths would come out of the woods coming down from dorag and in the ancient times and bathe here and now it's a uh, now it's a relatively nice spa town do but, we um, still kind of under the radar a little bit yeah, do we still have Goliath influence then? Are they still around or have they gone? How do you do you want those guys around? There's like one who's super old, right, and isn't isn't keen on how the the uh, the swamp city of the, the swamp town of Dulag is, you know, uh, developing. But he kind of just sits there a lot of the time, sits in his great big swamp, sort of just rubbing that oil into his skin. In his baths. When this was all swamps. Now look at him. There's a fucking hot dog stand over there. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. He goes, he goes over and is purposefully, um, just abrasive near, near people in their yeah. own little sort of swamp hot tubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Or he'll talk about the 
They say these benefits are great, but I swear I've seen a man stand up and his whole leg's just fallen off. And then everyone's going, and he just oh, gets up and he's like, I used to be four foot tall and now I'm nine foot tall. <laughs> well, also, he's, uh, uh, over the years, he's lost a leg. So oh, yeah. the story where he's going, oh no, I used to have two legs and now he stands up and he's, and he's lost one. And he's like, and then I sat in yeah. this swamp and this is what happens. And then everyone's like, oh my God. So he just, you know, he's a, he's a little bit of a trickster. Ah, there you go. He's your, for any, if you have a trickster cleric in your campaign, in your uh, party, he's potentially quite a good one for that. Mm-hmm. Because then yeah, you've got that cool. spa town thing, the whole ancient sort of, we used to yeah, go around here and this has importance to us. Why is this guy still here? Because he likes to take the piss out of the tourists, basically. Always. Yeah. Always. Cool, okay. Nice. So, we've got this We've got this sort of swampy... We've got a couple of swampy areas. As we get further up the continent, and I'm aware that this is a continent that's based um, in within a larger world, are we seeing... Mm-hmm. Do we see this, this climate change much? Or are we... Is this kind of... Um, swampy, well, quasi, t- it gets quasi a bit slightly tundra-ish, tundra, tundra-ra, tundra Oh yeah, as you yeah. Um, get through the, the uh, Jiminy Forests, on the other side of that, it gets, it's almost as if you go from the swamps of Dulag, uh, Dulac and um, you would make your way through the forest for like a day or so, and you get out in the last couple of hours in that forest, like, fuck me, it's dropped, isn't it? In it, in it cold, because when you come out on mm. the other side, you are greeted with tundra and icy forests and fields that will become the near Siberian foothills of the mountains that Dorak is established in. If a little bit okay. further west, you'll mm-hmm. meet that ridge of mountains. So yeah, I think up here we've got a bit of a in the foothills of the Dorak Mountains. We might as well call them the Dorak Mountains because that's the city that kind of runs that shit. Mm. Um, you do have the um, icy town, so almost like think about like an Antarctic research station. Now expand it out a little bit. Um, yeah, started sort of... that way, but now they've gone. Yeah. The wizards that were here originally have been like, Jesus, I could really do with the drink. And then somebody's heard that and yeah. gone, I'm going to make a bar there. And then somebody goes, Oh, there's a bar there now. Is there right? Well, I'm going to make a trading post there. Yeah, and it's it's the trade. It is a trading post. It's the last. I would say it's right on the edge of what the empire considers within its control before you get well into Dorak territory. It's mm-hmm. called just simply Grask. Okay, sure. The last so, outpost of Grask. Yeah. Nice. I mean that makes sense as well in terms of that that um, location and where that goes. Yeah, it's dwarves, it's dragonborn, it's a few high elves, it's a few brave travellers who can take the days across just... You know, there's like those fields, or ice fields at least, in Canada, Mm. where they say you can look in any direction and you can see actually for a few days because it's so fucking flat. Mm -hmm. If you can make it across there without dying of exposure or just going a bit mad, that's where you end up. Well, is that the frontier? Because obviously this is a relatively young world or young civilization mm. that we that we know it of. Is that is that the current frontier is getting up past through there? Because you can turn you can turn west 
and that gets you to, to Dorak, provided you go like through the mountains and all that sort of stuff. But it, for whatever reason, it's a bit warmer there. It kind of brings you a little further south. Um, well, I feel like because of the way that I'm imagining this sort of frontier to be, I think the new north-south is the frontier, but Grask is the forgotten frontier. They turned up and went, this is too fucking cold to get anything done. Let's just find another way to Dorak. And that way became the new north-south, so Grask is just the forgotten uh, frontier. Okay, so it used to be the... It's like when you, you, you find old... There were old roads that used to be used and then people build, built motorways, mm-hmm. which then circumvented that and then all the traffic left, right? Yeah, the one thing about Grask mm. is that if you get in with the locals, one of them will eventually beckon you down a few steps and they slide open a door and you go down deeper and deeper underground and they say, right, what I'm about to show you, only three people in the world know about and they kick open the door, and behind that door is a very small but very familiar stone circle. Big enough for one person at a time. Yeah, this is a teleportation circle that no one fucking knows exists. <laughs> so, deal with it. Keep nice. it under hat. And if you don't deal with it and keep it under your hat, we're going to fucking kill you. Because this could change the entire geopolitical landscape of Caraxia. And that's why it's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. So now this is this is my question on this front. Now that you've put that in there, if somebody uses that and goes through to another one, how are? I know we haven't discussed this before, so we've probably got to figure this out. How do those who look after those areas measure who's coming in and out? Oh, they don't. People use this so rarely. No one uses this. We just have this and no one's quite sure what to do with it but we know it's good that uh, neither okay. side of this this battle knows what the fuck's up yeah okay that's fair enough and and that's that's another question i is there is the is there open war at the moment between um the last bastion of the you know the free people and dorek and the empire of the blue sun who you know as far as they're concerned, they're doing the Roman thing of just coming in and going, listen, we, we make things better. That's what we do. Um, it's a cold us... war. Okay. It's a cold it's, war that the... might get hot, yeah. Yeah, it's and that's why there's so much sort of... There's all the spies that are hanging out in New North-South, and then we've got this mm-hmm. extra teleportation circle which is being kept under wraps. So these guys in this um, frontier town, they are all... Do all of them know, or is it just... Mm-mm. Four of them, if that. Right, okay. Because as a prompt for an adventure, you could have someone who works patrolling that network saying, hey, you're pretty good with arcane stuff. Riddle me this. We thought we had a closed circuit on all this shit. We thought we knew we had these four or five teleportation circles. But mm. the other day, someone just came out of nowhere. It's like when Heimdall can't see something. It's not right. Could you work it out? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then off you go wizard on your mm-hmm. on your merry way. Mhm. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's nice. Okay, so that I think those are good for like interesting villages that have a little bit more about them. Mm-hmm. Um we've got because of the age and because of the localizations of the cities, 
and these few villages, I feel like we should actually keep it quite small, if that makes sense. Let's let's keep the wilds as as wild as if you go beyond these walls, uh, it's it's dangerous, man. You've got to you, you know you've got to carry a loaded crossbow and you've got to make sure that you're traveling in groups mm -hmm. and things get really rough out there. So let's. I think it's probably a good idea that we kind of establish that and talk a bit about what's going on out in the wilds, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It's um, I want to say it's a mixture between Vietnam jungle and Bavarian swamp, depend uh, Bavarian forest, depending on mm. how north or south you go. It's either very humid and very oh, fucking okay. dangerous because there's lots of poisonous shit out here, or oh my god, mm. it's really cold. There's not a lot of shelter. Everything's frozen, and I think that was a wolf. That's the divide between the wilds. Yeah. Okay, that that I do like, and obviously we've got uh, the lake lake mimic somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, obviously between the that... two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that in mind, and then as we get to the coast of those coastal areas, I presume that we're then going to shift into that sort of. Um, we see a bit more dunes and a bit more. Um, yeah kind of kind of flat scrub yeah, kind of thing yeah. that the bavarian it feels like that bavarian forests and the vietnam jungly element kind of could work together to create what's like sort of mud flats and salt flats and that kind of yeah, thing yeah where the tide comes in maybe maybe there's a big river that goes through mimic lake and comes out on the other side maybe yeah. there's something like that um and it because the mimic sat there and just opened its mouth and it very slowly filled with water and then it redirected the river and then yeah so and between the two of them those forests and those jungles create these tidal flats of mud and that gives you the opportunity to play with quicksand which I know all about I can't tell Ed why but I know all about quicksand in D&D &D. Um, oh, so that's fun yeah keep your eyes open for that <laughs> um, but yeah I think um Obviously, eventually you have to turn stuff into beaches. You have coastline. It's not going to be frozen coastline. You know, we've already established that uh, the archipelago of Guy is on a volcano, so that adds a little something, something mm. to the climate idea. So, uh, yeah, I think think Bavarian yeah. forest or think Vietnam jungle, anything else. It's just a beach, man. The volcano part of it, that's quite nice in terms of because if once, once that erupts, and obviously it has back in the day, that will be wiping out um, any forest that's around there so then you're looking at a restart of that ecosystem which could potentially not be yeah, and, the same trees and things and like that and sentient life don't forget <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well you know you look at you look at um, our own islands in terms of like the Galapagos and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff that is such a singular ecosystem there because all of those things that live there are designed to be able to go well, the floor is lava. Yeah. I'm getting in the sea and being okay with mm -hmm. it. Yeah, agreed. Nice. All right. Um, that's good. I think that's given us a, f a few more. We're fleshing out the, the Caraxia a bit more. We've got some more interesting bits and bobs. Uh, should we bring the show to a close with a random encounters? Play the jingle. Random, random encounter. encounter. Oh. Okay, so we've probably alluded to this. And I think I know um, where you're going to come from. But Ed, what is your random encounter? Um, I'm not going to do Lake Mimic. 
because I feel like just saying the word Lake Mimic, everybody goes, okay, I get that immediately. So instead, I'm gonna do uh, the Spa Town. And you're sitting, ah, here we go. Your party are all sat in, um, it's called um, Big Betty, okay? And it's the largest spa mm -hmm. pool, mud pool that's there. And you're all chilling out and you're all having a great time. And then one of them, I don't know, you, you, you ask one, probably the smallest member of the party, to make a strength saving Ooh. throw. And they go, okay, blup. And if they pass it, fine. Now, if they fail, um, and you obviously ask the rest of the crew to do a perception thing because they are mellowed out, right? Uh, then... Love it. And the gnome disappears. Now, he's fine. It's, mm -hmm. it's Devil Snare, right? He's just fallen through this thing, and underneath it is this small cave uh, where... Oh, do you know what? Perfect. Where they discover a load of myconids. Um, now, myconids are... Uh, sentient toadstool people love that but they just find this little this little family cave they're just a little family unit really nice really homely and they they have problems obviously communicating i think they communicate via psychic spores which is mm -hmm. always exciting but that is a is a lovely little thing and i think that's that that's what i'm going to do there we go they go and sit in big betty and one of them falls through and they find a small I like that. family i like that very Job much done. What I will do is add this to it. So he falls through and he's in the mellow caves of this Mike and his family and there's um, he's journeying about and of course he's inhaling all these spores. So he lives maybe a few, a few months in his own head. But it's only actually the he's only actually oh the hour God. that he's down there. But then he's like, Oh, that's really good. Oh, you got a lot of treasure down here. Oh yes. Many people come through this this uh, particular pool. He's like, oh, okay, well, I'll tell my friends about you. Oh, no, you can never leave. No, they were nice. They were homely. They're going to eat him. They're, They're going to eat him. They're not homely. They're going to take lovely. his thoughts. No, okay, right. Okay, you can... So, listeners, you can either do Sam's thing of making it a murder thing, or you can do my thing, which I think is better, obviously, because mm -hmm. uh, it's actually going, don't worry, guys, not everything that I throw at you is going to murder you. And then it's mm -hmm. lulling people into no. a false sense of security. No. Otherwise, you get... Do you know what? You get this thing where people start going, I find a door. I. What's wrong with the door? You know what I mean? When you're like, just go through the mm -hmm. door. It's just a wooden door. There's nothing wrong with the door. Please just go through. And they spend 45 minutes, like, rigging a massive sort of fake hand to be able to open a door, which is just a door. You get so it. Either... Anyway... It's either Animal Crossing or Misery. Well, either are good. <laughs> um, exactly. My one is... Um, okay, so... <clears throat> there's a very rich land baron. Mm. A dwarf or a gnome. Who is looking to have his own village. Buoyed by the success of uh, the mining community we mentioned. He wants to start his own village. But... Um, holy shit. He sent a few builders in there to clear out some turf. And... Um, they disappeared. And they reappeared in the middle of Dorak or the middle of the archipelago of Gi. Mm. Because what he has found is a stone circle without the stone circle. His builders have basically 
leveled this place with dynamite to try and build houses to make money. And they've actually leveled one of these stone circles, but it's resonance, it's way into the network hasn't faded. So every so often someone goes in there and just voop, pops up in one of the other cities. It's either the archipelago of Guy or it's Dorak. It's either fun and, you know, Benny Hanna or terrifying. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. I like that one. That also gives you the option to then kind of, once they've discovered this or they start to discover this, it kind of gives you the option to go, random teleports exist in this world now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Okay, let's bring the show to a close. Um, as always, ladies and gentlemen, you have been our listeners. We have been starter set. If you've enjoyed the show, uh, whichever platform that you're listening to on, please uh, give it a thumbs up, a five star, a like, a comment, whatever the thing is that you can do to interact on whichever platform it is. That would be wonderful. That allows more people to find the show and listen to us do our chitty chattiness. You've been our listeners. Roll well, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Oh no, you can never leave.